I have a major announcement, ladies and gentlemen. We're live. <laughs> hello, hello, welcome, welcome to or welcome back to Total Spot Fest. I am JJ. That is Jamie. Right there, we have Austin. We're coming back at you. We got another, another action-packed week of wrestling to talk about. We had a dynamite with a lot going on uh, earlier this evening. Um, whole bunch of stuff to talk about in Fed, free agent things going on, all sorts of stuff. Boys, how you doing tonight? I'm doing well, man. It was a, a very fun night of pro wrestling. I concur on so many levels. Um, no, man, I'm I'm good. I'm good. I'm just, you know, L-I-V-I-N, man. I'm just living. Um, just living it up? Tonight, I lived a lot. That's all I got to say. I'm excited well, about tonight. Hey, that's good to know. I mean, it is good to live. Sometimes it's even good to live your best life. How better to live your best life than to live it with a nice, shiny, Freshly polished, you can see my OBS title belt. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the reign of money. I will be a yes. benevolent champion. Hey, <laughs> I, hey, everybody, get get some likes in there for your temporary champion. Okay, does everybody okay. get in there? Mm -hmm. the transitional champion says the man who held, who won the belt and then dropped it the next pay-per-view. <laughs> that's because I was a fighting champion and I took on all comers. I said, let's do it. Let's do the rumble anyway. You did. You absolutely, you totally set yourself up for that. But so I'm, I'm the people's champion. You're just the official linear champion. Yeah. And I'm the asshole champion that everybody <laughs> hates to love and loves to hate. I mean, look at that. It's, it's so I'm just going to leave it right. Yeah, here. it just but, it like sits right <laughs> over your shoulder too. Perfect placement. It, it per I put it on. It fits me perfectly around the waist. I might just wear it at work all day, every day. Who knows? But no, thank you. Can see that you also forget that to me. I'd appreciate it. Um, but no, um, we are a few weeks out from putting this bad boy up for grabs again. Uh, and man, there was a lot going on in Dynamite. Like AW. AW is formulaic, right? We've talked about this in the past on other levels. They come to a very good formula lately, though. When you get to be right about a month out, you get the big matches solidified. You start to kind of, you know, they the, the way because it used to always be you, nobody. We didn't know shit about shit of the of the pay per view until like the the week before, right? That Wednesday before, it's like here's your card, right? You know, so I appreciate it. Here's your sign. <laughs> I um, remember that. So, um, if anybody's doing anything in March, I want to give a shout out uh, because you do have the opportunity to see one Mr. Austin Reddick wrestle live here in the Gary to Kansas City area, officially announced with his tag team partner for Light Him Up, Light It Up, Light It Up, the Light It Up, Light It Up, the inaugural it. Fountain City. Pro show March seventh. 
March, March 8th, 8th. Dude, man, you are terrible at this. <laughs> I, yeah, am, like, I am. I was, I was waiting. I was waiting for the wheels to turn. I saw I, it I coming. I, yeah, I was like, I was like, shit, that's the wrong date. You know, I can't do dates. We were, we were, we, we were before we went live here. We we're talking. I can't remember a name to save my life. I'm, <laughs> I, I am just a rolling train wreck, but I am a train wreck of a champion at least. So, is that who you want representing you as champion, ladies and gentlemen? I mean, or you have somebody, I mean, you have somebody like this who says. March 8th, Austin Reddick, Tommy Too Good make their grand appearance at Fountain City Pro Light It Up. That's how you see. Do it. I like that. That had a little mustard on it. That was that was good delivery. See? I that's what people need in the champion. I mean, one could say your champion is sitting there serving you the platter so that you can deliver it. You know? Mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. just saying. Good job, Storm. Oh. Crushed it. Back, back in back in the Kansas City area, yeah. So uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm moving right along here. Yes. So so hey, it's gonna be good, it's gonna be good to see Austin uh, wrestle. I know you guys been to Kansas City recently for other stuff, but uh, it's been a while since you wrestled in Kansas City. I mean, Leavenworth. I don't really count as Kansas City. Not gonna. Yeah, lie. yeah. That's uh, a little outside. Uh, yeah, I want to say October. Or something was last time uh, when I was out that way for Central mm-hmm. States. Uh, mm-hmm. September, October, something like that. Sometime in the general fall area of the year <laughs> the pre-snow uh, area but definitely looking forward to, to fountain city uh i like the guys they got behind it getting it up and running they're putting a lot of work into into getting this off the ground and i i got a good feeling it's going to be done right and it's going to be a great show uh and just having another place that's not several hours away to wrestle is going to be phenomenal <laughs> as well but Yes, uh, Friday, March 8th, if you are not otherwise occupied. And honestly, even if you are, like, bail on whatever you got to do. It's going to be awesome. I will be tagging with my young boy, Tommy Too Good, uh, out of the greater Wichita area. A little youngster I've taken under my wing. Uh, we will be in, in some sort of tag team action. Uh, the match has not been announced yet, but maybe we'll try and pull some strings and get an announcement on this show. I... I think that would be pretty rad. We'll see. Uh, but either way, you're going to enjoy it. Uh, also in action will be uh, my other half, the lovely Miss Heidi Howitzer, who everyone always likes to see. Uh, not many matches announced yet, uh, but those will be coming in, in the weeks coming up. And uh, yeah, it's going to be a hell of a night. Yeah, we're right around a month away from that. Tickets are still available. Uh, FoundCityPro.com. Um, they're, they're not expensive at all. They're like... What are they, 12 bucks or something like that, I think. I can't remember. Uh, like exactly. 20 bucks, 25 bucks, something like that. 20, 25. Not terrible. Yeah. So, hey, <coughs> cheaper than a movie ticket, that's for sure. <laughs> I mean, My God. Like, I was looking and at More Dune. exciting than any movie you'll go see in that general time frame. I don't even know what's coming out, but Found City will be better. Dune 2. So, I was looking at Dune 2 because it's like, you know, Dune 2, I want to see that. I want to go see the IMAX. Let's get good. And then I saw it. Nope. <laughs> I was like, like, paying 30 bucks for like a movie ticket. Like, that's ridiculous. I, ca- I can't, I can't do that, you know? But I'll go spend less than that to see some live pro wrestling. You bet you. Yeah. Don't. It's like going to a movie where you get to yell at the actors and they will yell back at you, especially Hell, if it's a Heidi Howitzer match. I mean, Heidi might, Heidi might, 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 might give you a chop. Shit. Yeah. 
<laughs> Heidi's yelled at me a multiple time, and it just it makes for good, good, good quality mm-hmm. show. Everybody, if, yeah. if you are in the greater Kansas City area and you've never been to live pro wrestling, which if you're listening to this podcast, you probably have. But either way, <laughs> uh, know, you never know. It's it's it, invite. It, okay, if you're listening to this podcast and you've been to live pro wrestling, but you got some friends who haven't, take them out. And then when you ask them, hey, y'all want to go to a pro wrestling show? And they give you that weird look like, what? Be like, no, this is legit the most fun thing you could do on a Friday night. Just trust me. Just go. It'll be well worth it. That's, we totally that's, my, did, that's my pitch. We totally did that with uh, Journey Pro, like pre-pandemic Journey Pro, Jamie. Remember, we took some coworkers, and they were they oh, were yeah. not into it. But it was like my birthday celebration. And it was like, all right, well, we're going to go for JJ's birthday, right? And they had a blast. So, all right. Yeah. Like, I think <clears throat> a lot of people have just seen it on TV, and they don't understand, like, how fun it is to be there live in the crowd. Now, it does depend on the show. I've been on some shows where the crowd was just not many and not into it. And then it's real awkward sitting out there. I get it. Uh, This will not be one of those shows. Go to any well-attended live pro wrestling show, and it will be one of the most fun and entertaining nights of your life. I mean, if you go to a wrestling show with about 25 people in in an indoor soccer arena, I'm not going to give any names of promotions, but... uh... Yeah, they're not that extreme. <laughs> so, Found City Pro, once again, we'll be there. Come say hi to us if you see us. You know, we're we're easy to spot. So, yeah, just look for the guy with a lot of hair and the guy with none, but a huge. Hey, I might even bring my title. Who knows, right? Might lose it by then. We got a revolution there, son. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. You know? I'm going to get, king, king get like a card blade of me made to sit in the crowd <laughs> with y'all during the show. Yes. Oh my God, Do please. Yeah. Like, it can't be that expensive. I got, I'll look into it. Uh, we're right. We're making, we're making a note here, folks. Okay. So this is oh. Austin red card right here. Yes. <laughs> Austin red card. Uh, please. All right. Let's, Let's let's let let's, let's pivot here. You guys, y'all want to talk about some dynamite? Let's nice. get into some dynamite. We got lots to talk about. So, Jamie, how how you want to do this? You want to go straight straight up, or what do you want to do? You know, I think we should just start off with a tweet that happened earlier today by our show. And um, okay. follow us at Total Spot Fest, by the way, if you're not. Um, well, amazing tweet basically called out the card i don't know if you guys happen to see this or not but uh an unnamed person a part of this show legit just listed it out like their predictions was jericho to win via dq which didn't happen but there should have been a dq so that one is like you got three quarters of it so that's fine bullet club or sorry uh bcc one in a banger which it was like, we'll talk about it. A whole bunch of flippy, spinny shit. I know, JJ, you love that. And then Tony was timeless. It was awesome. Love, love me some Tony Storm. And then Ann New called the Ann New. And then the big one, at least for me, was Hanger and Swerve was going to be a draw to set up a triple threat at Revolution. And whoever... Whoever, you know, tweeted this, 
was <laughs> your your height is very fun. bad, Jamie. You know, here's your stamp. God damn it. Okay, there you Thank go. You. Fine. Thank you. <laughs> Called it out, ladies and gentlemen. Called it out. Hundred percent on the show. Ninety nine percent on the show. I'll give myself a ninety nine on it. But this show, top to bottom, was damn near pay per view quality. Like. Everything about it, I thoroughly enjoyed. Gentlemen, what, what do you guys think overall, show-wise? Yeah, this the whole night was phenomenal. First off, though, I'm only giving you partial credit for the tweet because there was only one match where the outcome was kind of in question, and that was the one you got wrong. You did have some good specifics, <laughs> though. You called out a banger, so you get some credit. But I, I don't think I don't think this is... This this was work worthy of Mark Sardamas, is all I'm saying. I, I think I think you're better than that. Ooh. Challenge accepted. <laughs> okay. That's all but I yeah, this about. entire show, uh, I mean, AEW, like Dynamite has regularly been very good for a while, especially the Continental Classic. Uh, but this was one of those shows where afterwards you're just like kind of excited. Like, yeah, that was a really fun two hours of TV. Uh, and you're looking forward to next week, which we're always looking forward to the next one because we're going to watch it anyway. But mm-hmm. this this got me hyped for the Build Revolution. I mean, five matches, no filler. I only have one real complaint. It's not even really a complaint. It's more of just me being bitchy, uh, which we'll get to in a, in, a, in, a, in a little bit. And, you know, there wasn't a ton of – even even – I mean, all the stuff that was like kind of ancillary with it was – was perfectly short and fine. They focused on the stuff you really wanted to see. And I mean, how do you not go wrong with a 30 plus minute match to open a show? And so let's just start there. Cause I, I want to start I mean. on that match. Um, I don't know. Did you guys ha- get a chance to watch vengeance day at all for NXT? I only caught highlights. I didn't get a chance to actually watch. Okay. It, you know? So I, I watched bits and pieces of it. Mainly, I wanted to watch the Trick Williams Dragonoff match. Like I, I that that was the match I wanted to see. It's a sure. drop. And instantly, I thought, "Ooh, match of the year candidate." This match was absolutely amazing. And then here comes Hanger and Swerve. <laughs> Hold my beer. <laughs> And like, you know, cause you always get those gut reactions like, oh my God, that was such a great match. And <clears throat> oh, this just got me all sorts of jazzed up. And mm-hmm. then you see this one, you're just like, this is what professional wrestling is. Like, this is why I love professional wrestling. This match, it had the perfect outcome. Everything worked out beautifully in it. The, the pacing was insane for 30 minutes or oh, however God. long it was a 30 minute match. I thought this match was everything and then some. Um, quick, I would easily say quick beginning of the year, year match of the year candidate. Definitely free t- TV match of the year candidate for sure. <laughs> I don't think you can go wrong when you put Hangman Adam Page and Swerve Strickland in a ring against each other ever. We made the comparison of- <clears throat> I made the comparison a little bit ago. You know, the modern day rock versus um, rock versus Stone Cold, right? And this so much more than the other two had that feeling. The 
when they when they started stealing each other's finishers, right? I, I can't remember. I think it's from one of the WrestleManias, but where you had the Rock and Stone Cold, where they were doing that for like two minutes straight. You know, mm-hmm. like Stone Cold pulls out a rock bottom, followed up with Rock doing a stunner on him. You know, I mean, it it just totally got that to me. Hangar was definitely the heel in the match, and it didn't feel out of place. It just was situational of where they were geographically and in the moment. Neither's a heel, neither's a face. They have they have such good chemistry together, not just wrestling chemistry, such good chemistry as characters together. They can do this for years to come, and it'll never get old. And we keep getting banger matches. And I know I say a lot. Give me that every week. Put it in my eyes, right? You know? Mm-hmm. I am legit serious about this, though. Like, first one, great. And then we didn't know about, oh, we just did this a month ago. We're going to do it again. And then it was, wow. And then we got this again. And it's, wow. I'm never questioning if I get these two on my TV, either whether it's on free TV or a pay-per-view. It's just hang or swerve. Okay, yes, absolutely. Because fantastic. Just fantastic all around. Yeah, this match was so good that even when they botched the first table spot, they botched it in a way that was natural and made sense and then just got to another table. Like, even something that went wrong still went right and worked for the match. That's how good (laughs) this was. That's when you know you got magic, right? Yeah, yeah. That was, like, we expected this to be phenomenal. This over-delivered an extremely high bar uh, I don't think there's more that that can be said about the the bell to bell. Uh, but what really did it for me with this was everything that happened after the bell, or okay. in the few seconds preceding till after the bell. Uh, you know, JJ, you compare this to Rock and Austin, but I think there's a slightly better comparison. Ooh, and I'm gonna drop some knowledge about it. Ooh, that's. Here I say you're gonna drop a stash I'm, of knowledge. I'm, un- I'm unloading the stash of knowledge. Let's of knowledge on Champ on this because it deserves it. Uh, people say so. I'm gonna get to the I'm gonna get to the comparison in a second. But for people that complain that AEW doesn't tell stories, this was not just this match, but the entire build up to it as well is some of the best story storytelling in pro wrestling, probably since like the Sammy Roman bloodline stuff. This has been phenomenal. Mm -hmm. Um, I got to disagree with you a little bit, JJ on that. There wasn't, neither was really a face or really was a heel. I think it was close to the center, but I do think swerve. He was getting cheered, but it's still been a heel coming up to this. Hangman has still been babyface hangman. And the reason why I bring that in is the comparison I would make is not Rock Austin, but Brett and Austin, because oh. they pulled the double turn tonight uh, and it was beautiful. Now, okay. as far as the crowd reaction, it's the double turn version of starting on third and thinking you hit a home run by getting home. Uh, the crowd wants to love Swerve. The crowd still loves Hangman because Hanger's awesome. Why wouldn't you? The way they they did the the turn with hangman at the end and then took someone in swerve who has been a heel since day one, but the crowd clearly just loves and wants to cheer for. We knew this triple threat was coming going into revolution. We've been talking about it. Jamie tweeted about it earlier, but we assumed we were getting swerve as he's been as a heel 
Hanger as he's always been as babyface Hanger, and then Joe, who is kind of a heel, but also just beats up everyone he sees. <laughs> and then they flipped it on us. <clears throat> we get heel Hangman now. We got Swerve saying he would go out there and beat Hangman with no help. Stopping one second short of doing that and asking for five more minutes so he could prove it. That's a babyface move. Like he took 100%. that babyface role at the end. And the way they did this was so beautifully done because we we expected to draw a double DQ of something of some sort. You get to the time limit draw, you expect it's done. They push it even further by having Swerve, the heel, the guy you would expect to decline, say he wants five more minutes. And then out of nowhere, Hanger says no and starts going crazy eyes on everybody yelling he never lost. This was just such masterful storytelling. Often in pro wrestling, when you get a guy that goes from being a babyface to a heel, it's just a kind of out of nowhere turn, which this was about out of nowhere, but you just don't do a lot of story backing up. There will be some bullshit reason that happened the week before, or it's the generic, uh, I never had any success with you people cheering me. Now I'm in it for myself. It's always the same. No, we, over the last three to four months, have watched Hangman, the most pure fucking babyface in the entire company, slowly go mad because he couldn't beat Swerve. And first time, you know what? You had some interference. All right, I'll get you next time. Second time, deathmatch, still a little interference, but Swerve more or less beat him clean in a deathmatch. And the whole story going into this was, I know you can't beat me without help. 30 minutes go by. At the end of that 30 minutes, Hanger now knows he can't beat Swerve. And he turns heel about it. It's such a just beautiful stroke of writing that just goes beyond. I like AEW tells good stories. I've enjoyed a lot of what they've done, but this went even beyond like what I would expect from them as far as telling stories. Yeah, I I got nothing on that one, man. Oh, like I I will okay. I'll, I'll come back. Which is, here's my thing. I don't feel like hangers going like full like going heel. I think I think they're towing the lines on both of these guys here. I do like the kind of crazy cowboy that they're kind of started going with him there, because <clears throat> again, I can't see Swerve as full face, right? I'm coming. I I see I I but I do like the kind of facey heel and you know Hanger's a little bit of a heely face, right? You know he's 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 definitely the face guy, but he's he's doing stuff that's heel stuff. He's doing the heel shit, right? Whereas Swerve is definitely your bad guy, but he's you know he's portraying himself out there, especially in the ring. More face, I dig that. I think it's a, I think it's the, I think it's the proper use of the gray area because they do a lot of ever since Stone Cold. That's always been the hot thing that everybody's trying to capture lightning in a bottle, right? The anti anti heel anti face. I mean, right? The anti hero. You want to get the, you know, the Punisher or the Deadpool, right? You want to get that character who's the good guy but not really a good guy, right? You know. I think this is the best of both worlds on both sides. Cause like you said, it's a double turn, but it's not really a double turn. I don't feel like either. Right. I still left tonight viewing hangman as more of a face character and swerve is more of a heel. So I think Swerve's going to be kind of like Eddie Guerrero was when he was a face. He's going to take some shortcuts 
when he needs to, and especially after the guys he's working with, which will probably be heels Mm -hmm. more often than not, when they do it first, it'll be getting them back. So I don't think he's going to lose that edge of of who he is, but he is just so over with the crowd. Oh, yeah. You want to lean into him being a face, and you want to lean into him wrestling the heels on your roster. One, that's a little bit more of an untapped reserve that you haven't seen him mix up with a lot of guys you have their heels. Um, but when a crowd wants to cheer for someone as hard as they want to cheer for Swerve now, any baby face you throw out there is going to get eaten up. You could even tell as the match went on tonight, Hangman was getting less cheers. He's getting there booze. was like a he got booze. There, was, there, was, there were booze. There were some faint cowboy shit chants towards the end that got drowned out by people yeah. chanting. For, so that's why I think Swerve is going to embrace more of that babyface role. I don't think he's going to be a super clean babyface. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I do think he's gone away. Don't do the full MJF you did. To, to yeah, because then it'll right. be insincere. You can't lose who he is. Yeah. Um, but it's kind of like, yeah, this guy's an asshole, but he's our asshole now. Um, and not in the fake way MJF was doing it. <laughs> it's just you like Swerve because he's going to focus his attention on the guys you don't like, kayfabe wise, the heels. Um, yeah. and he's going to be more effective about it. And I think that's part of the reason why he got so much more over than Hangman with the crowd. Swerve has been just messing with Hangman for months, and Hangman's never really gotten any payback. It makes him look kind of ineffective, which feeds that heel turn a little bit more. I would like to see Hangman go full-on heel. Uh, I don't think as much cheating all the time, but again, taking shortcuts where they're there. Basically, along the guidelines of he's spent four years now being the good guy. He's watched all his friends become bad guys. They've all had more success than he's had. Uh, maybe it's time to try just looking out for himself, which is kind of that old that old cliche, but now you've got a long story to build up to it. I would like to see Hanger go heel until Kenny Omega comes back and slaps some sense into him. Fair. And then we run that back again. Yeah, I think that's a very good arc. That's a that's a very good arc. That's a very good stash knowledge I had there. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and to build on that, man, um, I would definitely think that having the tweener swerve makes a lot of sense. And I know, I know there's a lot of tweeners right now. No one's a tweener. No one's a face. No one's a heel, blah, blah, blah. But like he could pull it off probably the best. Like Eddie Guerrero did. Eddie Guerrero was the arguably the ultimate tweener. Maybe, Uh, maybe the rock, you know, when he was corporate rock and then, I'm, Rick Ric Flair, Flair is, is the original. <laughs> Ric Flair is in his own category, but you know, like I, I, when I think about people like that, like I love Swerve. I love what he can do in the ring. I love his his promos because they're not your average promo. You know, he's not like tonight, brother. I'm gonna face you. You know, he doesn't do any of the, <laughs> those things. You know, he's he's definitely more cerebral about it and cunning. And I think that's why people really dig him because he's, he is nothing we've ever really seen. If you really think about it and you know, just what was it? Three, four weeks ago, we, we said hanger is going to be their John Cena. He's going to be their flagship babyface forever. And here we are talking. They should turn him heel. I think they're, I don't think they're going to, I think it makes a lot more sense to keep him a babyface. 
but have him kind of go down that path of struggle. And he's really down trotting on his luck. And then here comes Kenny. And then you can run Kenny and him back. I agree with that. But then, like, it's Kenny's redemption arc with him, you know, to your point. And then here comes a lot of ammunition in the top part of AEW. And then you get the full babyface chase for him. Yeah. More than we had the first time he got the title, right? Yeah. Formulaic, it's an old it's an old trope. We all know that, but hey, it's it's continued to be used because it's a good one. It works. Ooh. We we got some votes here, ladies and gentlemen. We got more people thinking uh they want hanger as a heel. Yeah. Ooh. Telling y'all. And it's it's wild too, because as you mentioned, yeah. just last week we were talking about him being their their one like guiding light of the morality of the show, the one top baby is a star. It took all of 15 seconds of watching him do crazy eyes and yell. I didn't lose to want more of him as a heel. Like I immediately yeah. and hanger had been doing that good work as a baby face. I still think the reason he needs to go heel now is because he kind of plateaued as a baby face against swerve. When the other guy that's the heel in the feud is getting cheered by the crowd even more. He's the top He's your top babyface, whether you really realize it or not now um, in the company, not like y'all realize it, but <laughs> yeah. uh, I think he's the top swerves, your top babyface, no matter what. And I think that makes you pivot to what do we do with hanger? Cause I would say there is zero chance hangers winning the title revolution. Uh, and I think giving him a little bit of a heel run, to like you're saying, make the crowd cheer him that much more when he turns back into a baby face is the move for now. Let me ask you, gentlemen, this: What are your thoughts? Because I two two parts I love probably the most were that 15 seconds, like you made mention of, that he didn't lose. You start to see the kind of like when we saw Tony Storm start to go down that path, right? You start to see this the nuts kind of turning in Hangers, uh, uh, Hangers, uh, engine block there, and. The the thirty second Samoa Joe promo immediately thereafter, not happy Samoa Joe talking about how his company wants to the those that uh, those in power want to keep celebrating mediocrity. Neither of these men won. They don't deserve to be in the ring with me. A part of me feels like they can keep the belt on Joe after this. The good thing about a triple threat is you nobody really is gonna lose because you know, the person gets pinned, sure, right? You know, but how does it happen? There's, you know, so a part of me thinks that they may just keep the belt on Joe for another, you know, a couple months, another month or two. You think that, huh? I don't know for sure if that's what I believe, but I think that there's a possibility of it. I think Hanger, I think Hanger is not going to get the belt, but I believe it's either going to be Joe or Swerve. I would have said sw straight swerve until I saw that Joe promo, but part of me thinks that Joe might have a shot here retaining. I'm going to hard disagree, but I'm going to let Jamie predict the future. You should first. not, because that 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 hat is like stupid hot. You should. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is. But I'll wear the. Whole, you know what? If I get right, I will. I, I will wear this for like a month straight, every single show. <laughs> but here we go, ladies and gentlemen. Mark Shardama's prediction: Go to Fanduel. Uh, DraftKings, whoever's their partner. This is how this is going to go down. 
Joe's going to win. Damp it. Joe's winning. But then the next pay-per-view, he's going to go one-on-one with Swerve and drop it to Swerve. Guaranteed. Swerve will be your next champion. Just not right away. You can't do that to Joe. I'm sorry. Can't do it to Joe. I I agree in principle, but in in reality, I think Joe exists to do that to Joe. Like, <laughs> and I don't mean that to disparage Samoa Joe at all. Samoa Joe fucking rules. Like, I like I like him as the champion, but Samoa Joe is the kind of guy you want as a transitional champion. He's still very good, but he's a little bit past his prime. Still over with the crowd. Um. But those are the kind of guys that get short runs just to tell some stories. Because uh, Joe also doesn't need to be the AEW world champion. No. Um, at first, I would agree with your line of thinking that Joe retains the triple threat. Then we get Joe and Swerve at a one-off. Here's why I'm going to disagree and say I would almost guarantee they're going to put the belt on Swerve at Revolution. One, Joe's promo sounded like a man. And again, this it like the story he was telling Joe ain't scared of anybody, but his promo made him sound like a man that doesn't think he can beat swerve either. Like it made it, put it over or he made it, he almost put it over. Like kind of like hangman realized at the end of the match that swerve is undeniable at this point. So why wouldn't Joe be, be a bit upset about having to, to fight swerve and hanger at the same time. Um, the bigger reason is cause we are only like a week away from the arrival of Bill Ospreay in AEW. And I don't see how they don't put the belt on him at Wembley (laughs) and him and Swerve, they even kind of, they've even kind of teased it before. So you could have uh, Joe retain at revolution and Swerve win at double or nothing, whatever, but that's may. Um, Now you're looking at a Swerve title reign. That's just kind of the summer. I think you pull the trigger, you put the belt on him now, you have him beat everyone you can until you get to Osprey in August, and you give him just a little bit longer of a run. AJ? I said I'm somewhere between the two. I keep bouncing back and forth between it. Well, l- let one- me ask you this. Okay, Let me ask you this real quick. Do you want to have Samoa Joe to have a run that that short? Like, if you were to say be a champ, which you are, do you want a short title run like that, or do you want to like at least get one defense? Here's here's what I would say as well. Right? Okay. We don't know for absolute certainty that there's not going to be another pay per view thrown in the mix here somewhere. Okay. Yeah. Good point. Good point. I I feel like I feel like. I feel like Swerve is the, the man to be next up. Absolutely, right? I understand Austin's point to a T about Osprey in Wembley, right? I get that. I just, I don't know. Like My gut is telling me I don't think Joe's going to drop it one pay-per-view after he wins it. So there, there is a potential other show where he could drop it. That's not long after Revolution. Uh, if we want to jump around the show again uh, a bit and hop right into the 
major announcements from oh, let's, uh, Mr. Let's Anthony Khan. Let's well, do actually, that. that's perfect because I kind of alluded to it as well. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, perfect. I'm going to take this off for now, but it will come back. <laughs> let's talk about the major announcement. Going into the night, gentlemen, what did you think the announcement would have been? What it about was. what it was, to be honest. Hoping Warner Brothers. <laughs> I, I I thought it might be because there's supposed to be an announcement today about Warner Brothers, ESPN, Fox Sports announcing their joint venture, which they kind of did, but not really. Um, all that was announced with that is that TNT and TBS were included with this a future sports mega conglomerate streaming service. That AEW is obviously going to be on at some point, right? Okay, cool. I was hopeful we'd get that. Nope. See, I wouldn't think that would be announced by Tony Khan. Yeah. Well, I thought it was going to be announced earlier today by the stuff, but they didn't really announce that. But that going in, that's what I thought it would be. So that he'd say AEW is now going to start streaming on this new platform when it launches, right? That that would be rad, and I think that's probably more more likely than not what's going to end up happening, which. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, yeah, I did see on Twitter earlier that uh, the TD Gardner or whatever spoiled that they were heading to Boston. Mm-hmm. And once you once you see that, you you kind of start thinking <laughs> like you... Tony's announcement's got something to do with that. But then you also have to remember that it's almost a bit now where all of Tony's announcements are extremely underwhelming. At first, but they end up being real rad when the thing he's announcing actually happens. Uh, so I had, I did not expect him to announce a new signing, as some people might have no. tonight. Um, but he basically did without saying it. Basically did. I mean, this is the worst telegraphed signing announcement I've seen in God knows how long. It's Big great, though. Biz- it makes you tune in next week. Big business, March 13th, Boston, Massachusetts is the name of the name of the weekly. The show's going to be big business. It's a big deal. All this stuff, all this stuff. They show the announcement, big giant blingy word for big. And then on the back where you have the actual uh, TD Garden, right? It says Boston on it. B-O dollar sign dollar sign T-O-N. And I'm just like, Jesus fucking Christ, Tony. Just tell us Mercedes Monet is going to be in Boston. I mean, you could have gotten a little bit of mystery, right? You could have a, a little bit of what's behind the curtain, you know? No. It just He basically said to the world, hey, guys, five weeks, you're going to have Mercedes Monet finally. Yeah, but you don't know for sure now if she's going to appear for the first time at that event or wrestle for the first time at that event and show up earlier. She's 100% going to show up for the first time in Boston. Mark Shadamas has returned. Yes. He he hit me really hard. He slapped me upside the face about this. So this house is going to go down. They're going to open the show with Mercedes Monet, as they should. Right? (laughs) <laughs> They're gonna open right up with that. Then later on the show, Will Ospreay's gonna show up. And then to end the show, Okada's gonna show up. Mmm. Here you are Okada and AW, huh? You're going with that. But wait, there's more. <laughs> so when Mercedes comes out, obviously timeless Tony Storm's gonna come out, right? Because she's gonna be your reigning defending women's champion. 
book it. Um, because honestly, I'd rather like just like the masses. I love Diana, but I'd much rather see Timeless going up against Mercedes. But when she comes out, two other women will be making their their uh, appearance. Come one out. Megan Bain and one Camille. Talk about business. I like a whole bunch of free agents. I like Megan already. Megan Bain's already assigned to AEW. AEW sent her over to yeah they yeah they they sent her over to Japan to wrestle. Well, it's not she's not officially all elite, right? But she's on she's getting paid by AEW. (laughs) I do. So I like all of that, but uh, I I gotta disagree with the very beginning. Oh. Mercedes Monet does not come out first. Tony comes Storm out. comes out first for whatever weird reason. Tony Storm chooses to appear, appear <laughs> great every week. I think you start the show with Tony Storm, and then Mercedes immediately comes out and interrupts her. Just gotta flip that little thing. The rest of it, I really like putting Megan Bain and Camille with with Mercedes. Yeah. Do you think so? Do you think they come out with Mercedes, like all the damage control reveal sort of bit, or yeah, like her variation of damage control? So her 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 team, you know? Okay. Yeah, like they, they call it boss business or squad. Not boss squad. Squad's not even a thing anymore. It's like boss business. I feel like that's well, whatever good. whatever you want to call it. I understand. Yes, I get it. I like naming <laughs> things. You know this, like the e girls. Come on now. Uh, so they that. should have been the whole time. True that. I mean, Julia, uh, Rob, Rob, big Rob in chat asked out. What about Julia? Julia is almost ninety nine point nine 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 percent going to go NXT. She's helping uh, launch a kind of uh, friend, uh, helping some friends who are involved with uh, Stardom over there launch a new promotion. Uh, one of the guys who was putting on, who was he was I can't remember his name, but he was high up involved with uh, New Japan and Stardom. He's doing a new promotion. She's going to be helping him out as a friendly favor. And all the word in the street is WWE is giving her time to kind of take take her time with that, you know. So. She's going to she's gonna be in WWE. Julia, I'd love to see her in AEW. We're much more likely to get Thecla, but I think that's also down the road. Maybe this fall. Yeah, she, she's – her stuff's uh, over at the end of the year. Oh, it was the end of the year? I thought it was before the end of the year. Oh, no, damn. it's I officially it was a lot the end of the year. Damn. I really want to see Thecla. I really want to nah, see I mean, Thecla. Well, I really want to see Thecla when we get, like, like, like haters Thecla. Oh. <laughs> yeah so so picture this guys and this is where i want to go with this because tony storm had an amazing match against red velvet she wins okay so let's just, just like hit that um <laughs> so we said we talked about that match but kudos red velvet that. much getting much better getting much better red velvet yeah it's a separate gimmick um <laughs> so True. we we have mercedes we have timeless tony storm we have jamie Hayter possibly being ready imminently we have Brett Baker being ready possibly imminently. And then you have Camille and you have um Megan Dion- Bain. Deanna and Deanna Perrazzo. Thank you. Like you have and top Ruby Soho. Two hey, Ruby. women talent in AEW. You finally went from a breeding ground of you know development to established solid big name women. What's next for the women's division? If that happens, 
Hopefully what a second we... match. <laughs> I mean, it's got to be a second match. What am I hoping for? Is that the question? Mm-hmm. I would like to see, and this may be a stretch, but I would like to see almost a women's show. No major promotion has tried that. And if you have a streaming service, you have the ability to do it. Okay. Hey, what did we just talk about five minutes ago? Right. I would like to see it because besides all that, you still have Willow Nightingale, Sky Blue, Julia Hart, Chris Statlander, um, and shall I keep going? Red Velvet, right? You know, Anna Jay. You've got you got bodies. You got young young wrestlers. A lot of them are very green. We know this. We've complained about this ad nauseum, but everybody starts somewhere, and that's how you develop depth and a full show. You can put together a 30, 40 minute streaming show every week. And you can do the matches kind of like as you as you're recording, like, you know, uh <clears throat> collision and you know, like like rampage, like before after sort of stuff. But you can make your own separate women's show, right? On the streaming service. That's what I'd like to see to gather some stuff and eventually have a women's pay-per-view which they could do in Kansas City at the first sporting event, sporting stadium dedicated specifically for a women's professional team. Just saying. That's a little self-serving. Kind of on the nose. It's a little self-serving prophecy there at the end. But, yes, that's what <laughs> I would like to see. And since you called it out, I feel like we deserve front row seats to that. 100%. Tony, I know you watch. Because you stole like four of our ideas. So What what do you see? That's that's more my want than anything. I think two matches is is hopefully i think we'll see i think that is unlikely but possible um now you already tape a bunch of ring of honor and rampage around dynamite you tape more ring of honor before and after collision you're taping a lot of extra shit and you could fit in a couple extra women's matches a week to put together like a one hour women's show whether that's a, on a streaming service or just on YouTube, like Dark and like Elevation Dark used to be. Yeah. Um, I'm wondering if they're doing not doing actual shows on YouTube because of their deal with Time Warner and all that. If it, I've they're heard just, that that's part of it. That could be it. But yeah, if the streaming service goes live, that'd be great. Have a, a one-hour show, um, you know, 45 with commercials uh, that goes your streaming service. That'd get some traction. Uh, that would be great. I think before then, just between your two main shows, Rampage doesn't really count because it's just it's a show people don't watch a whole lot because Friday nights are busy. It's an hour. It's cool when you happen to catch it, but not counting Rampage. You have two two-hour-long television shows a week. At least one of those two should have two women's matches on it once you have this much talent. And it might alternate each week where you're getting two on Dynamite, two on Rampage. I think two on both shows is probably just not going to happen. They'll have the talent to support it when all these women start showing up. Um, But I think at least consistently getting two women's matches on one or the other show every week is a good start. Big Rob Rob, uh, makes mention here. More space for women. He feels like they've been testing a three-hour format lately with all the overrun with the Dynamite, Dynamite and Rampage back-to-back. I don't want to disagree with that statement, but I hope to God that's not the case. Yeah. 
Yeah, th- three hours is is a lot. I mean, and I like your new belt idea of the, maybe maybe the True TV Women's Tag Team Championships. Um, well, there is a new belt coming in ROH for women, and there's been talk. Of, Tony said, Tony's teased a lot about women's tag titles. Yeah, he wants women's tag titles. And I'm for that, but you have to... You got, you got to give them somewhere to do it on. Yeah. So so here's 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 my thought. This could be a big problem. And it could be a good problem or it could be a terrible problem. And the amazing court of public opinion and, you know, the, the Internet wrestling community is a fickle little thing. And no. we are a part of it. And that's why we kind of do the show, because we are part of the, the that community. Right. The show is on the Internet. So my thinking is. They could either be smart and not fumble the bag and develop women's storylines and have multiple, all these big name women's and multiple stories. But if you do that, you need to at least have a minimum of two shows on either show, just like what Austin was saying, or you have a dedicated new one hour show, you know, that has additional stuff. And then you might be able to get into a evolution, uh, evolution type uh, pay-per-view um, for, for the women. Right. But my, I think it's a very serious problem if they bring in all this talent and they don't know what to do with it because they have a track record recently of not knowing what to do with the women. Yep. And it's scary. So they need to figure that out. There is a very, very, very talented free agent right now in, um, the higher level of executives I'm not talking about Vince, um, who literally just <laughs> came out today. Him. He is a free agent who knows how to do, run he's solid the boss women's, Yes, a solid women's division. If they get Scott <clears throat> Demore, I feel like he knows how to run a women's division. The Knockouts division historically has been one of the top divisions across any promotion other than, say, Stardom and Flashes in WWE. It's been the most consistent. Get that guy to run that and you won't fumble that bag and you'll have the best women's division in all of wrestling. You know what else probably happens if you bring in Scott Demore? Moose. Well, I'll, well not, along not the yet. same vein, you, you probably get some more of the women talent from TNA once their contracts are up hopping over. You have a but, shot at Jordan Grace, although she's probably, she's go probably going to WWE. I mean, yeah. she fits WWE so well. And I feel she showed out the rumble. I feel that yeah. I feel that's a good spot for her to go. To be honest, you know, more power to her. I okay. What was you guys? Well, guys, I I read that like right right before I got off of, right when I got off of work here. So about an hour before uh, Dynamite started, I saw that news on Twitter. I was shocked in how nonchalant it was. It's just kind of like no, but no, he's just fired. There's no explanation for it. They're just yeah. nope, just gone. Guy's been here for twenty some years. Boop, you're out the door, right? Face of the oh, no, you're out. Oh, I, I feel like, and I understand, you know, it's like because Anthem was to take more of a hold. I get that, right? If that, you, you could even come in and thing, it's like, hey, we've had a talk with Scott Demore. Scott's decided to part. We've parted ways, but so then it's like, no, we just fired his ass. He's gone. I'm taking over. It's like, I feel like that's, I feel a that's a mistake for TNA. If you're going to part ways with him, do it a better way than that. I just feel like this. I, I don't This whole thing rubs me the wrong way about how he was just randomly fired on a Wednesday afternoon one day. Just boom, out the door. But I, 
If Tony's smart, he will do that. We'll see if he's smart. Yeah, that's just kind of corporate America, man. Just the, the parent company was no, like, I get it. Yeah. I get it. And I'm sure there are people in the office who are like, you don't understand. Like, this guy is pivotal to this company. And they're like, yeah, he's gone anyway. We're bringing in our own guy. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's this kind of makes me think of when Sinclair bought Ring of Honor. And over time, you just saw it. Now, granted, Anthem has owned them for, for quite some time. So it's a little different. But right. Sinclair Broadcasting bought Ring of Honor and it just it stopped being what made Ring of Honor really good. Uh, They also just didn't sink as much money into it as you would to have a good wrestling TV product. And I feel like TNA is going to go the same way. Uh, We talked a few weeks ago, watch Hard to Kill. It was an enjoyable show. I haven't seen any TNA since and I've seen very little even mentioned about TNA outside of the Jordan Grace showing up in the Rumble sense uh so this isn't good for tna but it could be really good for AEW if they pick up scott demore really smart unless we find out really bad shit but the the amount of talent that's backed scott on twitter and everywhere has been i mean from from everything i've heard anybody ever mentioned about scott demore i have yet to hear like a negative comment about him <laughs> yeah. and if it was bad anthem's statement would have been different i mean not yeah. that this was a, a very big statement but it would have been we have immediately cut ties with scott demore and like it would have been a little bit more aggressive sounding right. like we are getting him out of here without explicitly saying what happened this was just like they they yeah, want yeah, to take we, control we him. it's like we yeah. want to take control of this yet and so he's gone <laughs> All right, so let's move on. Um, As we already talked about, Tony won, and then Tony and Deanna had a very weird, very, very weird, but I loved it, face-to-face in the middle of the ring after the most lackluster ankle lock I think I've ever seen in my life. Um, Most of them have been bad unless it was Kurt Angle doing it. Yeah, I know. Like, it literally just looks like she's uh, like, if Josh this was Alexander. an ankle, she just felt like this. Oh, yeah. Josh Alexander as well. Like, yeah. This. If you watch, like, once Kurt Angle started showing up and a few years later, like, the ankle lock became more of a thing in wrestling, Ken Shamrock had to go. Basically, anyone with an actual martial arts background, it looks good. <laughs> True. But everyone else just, like, hugs their boots and it doesn't look like they're doing anything. Yeah. yeah. She didn't twist, she didn't twist an ankle, nothing. She just, I'd love to see Tony delicate. kind of. I'd love to see her dig into that, sell into it a lot more. Like, you know, because she's so effortless and timeless. Like, this is her ankle lock with two fingers. And she's like, you know, just sell the gimmick even further. I just, I don't know. That's just me. Uh, no, I loved it. I love Tony, though. I am hook, line, sinker, timeless Tony Storm. Oh, like, forever. Yeah, right. everybody is. So after this, you went right into... um I mean, you had a backstage thing with Trent, Beretta, and Rocky. Yeah, and, and whatever. Cassidy, whatever. Uh, saying ch- uh, they're talking about Chuck Taylor. Chuck Taylor was going to get checked out. Um, spoiler alert: the kingdom, undisputed kingdom, just beats the shit out of him. Um, I, say, was like, I I love that backstage segment with the best friends and Renee. It was <laughs> it was so awkward, awkward at the end in an intentional way that was super entertaining. <laughs> they like they all nailed it perfectly. Yeah. 
Like everybody across the board. I mean, R- Renee kills it whenever she's out there. With yes. Them, so I love that they let Renee have a personality. Yes. Like Renee is very much a a character on the show that has thoughts and opinions on things, not just oh. some mindless drone with a microphone. I love that Renee. says one thing and holds it. I love the insert Renee in the whole Moxley Kingston feud thing. Oh. <laughs> That was, that was so good. good. Like, yeah, the, the end of this pre-tape where Renee is friends with the best friends. Like, why wouldn't you be friends with some of the baby faces on the yeah. roster? They're all cool dudes. Like, it just adds that little bit of depth to the show. So after this, this you had Flippy Spinny Shit Central against Technical and just Roughneck. It was beautiful. There um, was some Mexican technicality there, too. Oh, we're going to get into that. <laughs> so, yeah, the Blackpool Combat Club, Moxley, Brian Danielson, and Claudio. The first time they those three have ever teamed up as a trio, which I find to be very Wait. interesting. Really? That's what it said on their little thing. First time as a trio together, because they always do it with, with their really? young boy, right? Huh. Okay. Yeah, so all three of them. And you had them going up against uh, Volador Jr., which, yes, please. Um, Mascara Dorada and uh, Hechicero. And I found out today that Hechicero is my favorite luchador. <laughs> same. Go, Big you same. Go, you should go back and watch his match against Danielson on Saturday. First of all, his entrance is more of his entrance, which includes flaming lava balls that he holds in his hands. And it, yeah, him and Danielson together. Oh, oh. So I, one, like, <laughs> you know, you know me. I know, that's um, why I'm telling you this. You should I, go. Yes. I, I have a preconceived notion of how luchador's luchador, right? Sure. And to see see somebody this technically amazing and can do it do that, like, mm-hmm. I, yeah, he's my fave, like hands down. Um, the way that they were doing catch wrestling and submissions and all these things, like he looked spot on amazing. And Dorada, like his his shit that he was doing was insane too like i love this match Dorado's right? super young too the, the the buzz around him is that he is he is a ray phoenix type guy in about three or four more years right he's still pretty young he's a second gen wrestler as well too so um and he even i think he did great because he botched some stuff and rolled with it and and sold it and turned it around perfectly whereas you'd have people in the past i know you've talked about commander before right you know a botch throws them completely out of rhythm. And without dogging, that's a little bit of the difference between CMLL and AAA, right? This was CMLL as core, right? You have more wrestling wrestling and not as much kind of theatrical luchador wrestling. Yeah, I loved everything about this. You had three of your top guys who's like – entire gimmick is we just want to fight people give us the best people <laughs> at fighting and we yeah. will fight them and uh then you had cml be like bet here's a couple luchas they're gonna beat the shit out of you and then claudio had to kick one of them in the junk to get the win uh, <laughs> i i love that aw didn't diminish the luchadors from cmll yes. um and to WWE's credit, Jordan Grace got a very good run in the Rumble. So like, I'll, I'll give a tip of the cap to them. They they did all right there. But 
in the history of pro wrestling, you kind of expect the guys coming in to just put up a little bit of an effort, but be outshined by your stars. And this was two of your top guys in a comp in your company and a third guy that should be in Claudio uh, struggling to keep up with these three luchas. A lot of your audience have never seen before. And you come out of this match wanting to see more of these luchas, especially Echicero. Uh, that might be my new favorite wrestler. I I love a barrel chested lucha, and he's the oh. best there's ever been. Yeah, his his catch is fantastic, and Vero Junior as well. He people don't know people who maybe don't follow luchador wrestling and don't know this. He is actually like one of like the top guys in CMLL. Go check out some of his clips. It's oh, worth he's phenomenal. Your time. It's it's ridiculous, and he's like the whole like unmasked luchador spit stick, right? You know, which yeah. is reserved for usually for like a top guy or two in a company but he is amazing he's just like good go- oh, i love the, the the mixture you had of the luchadors it's fantastic because bcc they've got a little different variants too right you know you got the brawler you've got the you know the big the big strong you know freak athlete and you know mr Re- mr catch wrestling so it's it's good you, i love it i loved every second of this yeah the other cool thing about this match is that I'm assuming it'll happen eventually, uh, but if they were to announce some formation of the Blackpool Combat Club flying down to Mexico to wrestle at CMLL, I would tune in for that show. Like, this got (laughs) me interested. Well, and they also did the Team AEW. You notice how they they threw that out like three times. I think AEW came out. I I think that's the group of guys that are going to Mexico City and... Dragon Claudio and Mox are going to stay home. Although <laughs> all all three of them, I would not be surprised. They're like, hell yeah, let's go wrestle in Mexico City. Yeah. Oh, you you know you know uh, freaking Brian Danielson would be hundred percent down. Yeah, I mean he's oh. in the last couple years of his wrestling life, you know, or his in ring wrestling, you know. So what I'm got, what I'm hoping it is I'm hoping you'll get the Blackpool Combat Club guys and the Team AEW guys all going down there for a co-branded show where it's not just like one or two talents in matches. It's you've actually filled out the card a bit. Yeah, AEW like versus CMLL. Let's go. That would be dope if they did Forbidden Door in Mexico with CMLL this year. I no, this is just the internet. I think it's just the internet community wishing and dreaming. But I've heard a lot of talk about. Forbidden Door being not just New Japan and AEW. It'd be great. I think a lot of people are are speculating that all this CMLL stuff is them signifying, hey, we're going to have like a like real Forbidden Door. Like we're going to cross all sorts of boundaries and stuff. And I'm like, fuck yes. Yeah. And like, why would you need a Forbidden Door for New Japan anymore? Uh, Ishii is wrestling <laughs> Orange Cassidy this Saturday. I right? know. I this know, point. right? <clears throat> we just got... Uh, mm-hmm. We just got... Why am I blanking on who Danielson just wrestled two weeks ago? Uh, Yuji Nagata. Oh, yeah, Nagata. Like, yeah. like the Forbidden Door, it happens all the time. So, yeah, let's yeah. do with some... Uh, that, that being said, to my same point, I guess the Luchas are here for a residency as well but <laughs> yeah it's time to open it up a bit but you know i like the way you're selling it and they're gonna have more of that um so the other two guys uh, i can't remember exactly their names but the star guy and then you have the golden sphinx uh sphinx is worth a watch he is he, oh, 
he is he is another I'm excited guy. about these luchas on AEW. Like this is yeah, me too. This has been rad. This is like the this is like the middle part of old Nitro where they just had random luchadors show up. <laughs> it's and fantastic. What's nice too is like you've you've got Penta, you've got Phoenix, you've got Vikingo has been there all the time. You've got these guys that they are luchas and they are still very true to lucha, but they're also a bit of that Americanized lucha as well. Very much, very much. Um, yeah. And yeah, you're getting more of a, a a taste of like more traditional lucha libre. Well, I think and. and, and not to beat this home again, but with CMLL, you get yeah. more of a variance. Whereas AAA, you're going to get AAA wrestlers, right? Yeah, this legit has me wanting to watch, start watching CMLL. I got to figure out where about to find that. <laughs> I know. Uh, Internet's you where do. I yeah. But go back, go back and watch that, that Hedgesero match versus Danielson. You trust me. Trust oh, me. Oh, I saw that one on Saturday. That was phenomenal. Just, yeah. That's on Jamie. Jamie, you need to go watch that match, dude. I was in the middle of stuff. I apologize. Saturday was a busy day. Oh, you got four daughters and all sorts of yeah. things going on. And, so. and a wife who's only home sparingly anymore. Um, <laughs> all right. So after this, you had Chris Jericho with um, his usual shtick going up against Kaneske Takeshita with Don Callis and Powerhouse Hobbs. And I swear, every time I see Powerhouse Hobbs, he looks like he's getting bigger. <laughs> like, I just like I'm like, how's that one? How's that even possible? And two, man, like he is just jacked. Like, yes, he is more shredded than Julian Salad, man. But I'm just saying, like, dude is jacked. So this match was fine. There's there's three highlights of this match for me, guys. Number one, Takesha won by using a lion tamer. Okay. I was like, is he going to start with that or end with that? Okay. <laughs> no, that's number one with a bullet. Top, top. Number two, Powerhouse Hobbs no selling a chair shot right <laughs> to his back from Sammy Guevara. And then number three, the return of the screwdriver. That was it. Other than that, it's fine matches. All right. Aside from those, I didn't really care. I, I, I went through so much of this match saying, my God, Jericho looks like he needs to stop wrestling. I hate to say it, man, it, but I don't, on the other hand, because he keeps trying to – It's Sting has relegated his place. He knows where he is in the pecking order, and he's going out in a way that does it, right? Sting has removed his T-shirt once in a match. In AEW, okay. <laughs> I don't think even he removed it. I think someone ripped it off. It was one of those. But he knows he's a sixty-year-old man, and it's at the end of his run. <laughs> that's 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 that in the I, 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 whoever that is in chat, and those of you listening to us on the replay, Tony Khan has apparently showed up in chat. And breaking news: Ryback is all elite. Whoever is, I don't know if I love you or hate you, but I appreciate the shit out of you. Um, <laughs> that's a great it. gimmick, one way or the other. If that is Tony Khan, Tony, we need tickets. Um, I just, I, I'm over it. I'm over it. I'm glad they did this because Austin. I know this isn't the end of Jericho. But getting beat again to somebody, or no, getting beat to somebody as in a return revenge match, right? Using your signature finishing move is generally a sign that you're going out of that path. But we know Jerry. Yeah, I uh, 
historically and ideally that would be the case. What to me, this seems more like Chris Jericho has creative control over his booking and he's just continuing to put himself on TV with no end in mind for this story. This entire match. I just sat there thinking, why are we doing this? Like, why is this still going on? This has been going on for months. It's not doing anything for anybody. Uh, And it's tying up Takeshita, who is phenomenal and should be doing better things, as well as Hobbs, who is just a henchman again. Like, Hobbs just keeps reverting back to just being the muscle. Uh, That being said, I think it should be established AEW canon that Sammy Guevara is incapable of physically harming powerhouse Hobbs. (laughs) I want a running bit where he keeps hitting him with bigger weapons and more devastating shit. And Hobbs just shakes it off. That would be entertaining to me. (laughs) Yeah. The line Tabor tap out was a nice finish and it was unexpected. Um, What's that really going to do for Takeshita though? Like, Who's impressed by that at this point after seeing so much Jericho doing the same shit for months? Well, Jamie outside of giant lion tamer marks. No. Okay. Yeah. yeah. The That's, lion tamer marks love it. That could have been done by anyone else on the show. It's not unique to, <laughs> to this specifically. Uh, but yeah, like why, why are we still doing this? Is there anywhere this could go that anyone is super interested in seeing? I mean, I have ideas the way it can go, but they won't. They, don't, they won't do yeah. it. You bring a Scott Demore, you make Scott Demore the GM of uh, one show, and you make Jericho the GM of the other show, and boom, there you go. You got two rival Canadians trying to get a better show than the other one. Jericho doesn't leave the spotlight, but he's not there eating up my TV time with a 13-minute match that really doesn't have any stakes to it. I'm going to start a running bit where every time we get one of these matches afterwards, I'm just going to shake my head and go, this could have been a women's match. It yes. could have been. Fuck, it it's the dynamite version matches. of this meeting should have been an email. <laughs> hey, hey, I, I think I think in eight weeks from now, it will be a second women's match. Colin, Here's I hope so. Here's hoping. Here's that being hoping. said, we're probably going to get Jericho wanting to wrestle Mercedes Monet. I have no doubt. Well, I mean, that, feel, that tracks. That definitely tracks. Give us um, a little of that timeless Tony Storm rub. All right. So let's just go ahead and get into the World Tag Team Championship. It was a tornado tag, of course. This is uh, Big Bill, Ricky Starks, going up against none other than Sting and Darby Allen. And, gentlemen, what'd you think? I mean, it was obvious, but what'd you think? It was pretty obvious. I was, I, as I said last week, I was hopeful that they wouldn't turn the belts on them. Because I, my idea, and, and in the in the end, they're doing the story similar to how we all expected, just in a different way, right? My thought was, you don't give them the belt; they get the redemption by beating the Bucks, who can still jump them afterwards, right? They beat the Bucks on their go out match as the redemption, are you know, on the way out, right? This works just as well. But the match actually, here's the thing. Sting in TNA, or TNA, Sting in uh, AEW, <laughs> I, just, I just went back 15 years, excuse me. Um, I sure did. Sure <laughs> did. <laughs> I love Sting in TNA. Um, Pre-Hogan, everything pre-Hogan TNA was good. Um, Sting in AEW, he really only does one match, and it's a crazy match. It's fun. 
it's still a good time. It's not this wasn't this wasn't a fantastic match. I think Big Bill and Ricky Starks looked great in this match, even with a loss. No real complaints about it, honestly. Yeah, like Sting only does one match and it's super rad because it's Sting doing the match. <laughs> uh yeah. going into this, I I expected uh some crazy spots Darby getting tossed around a bit and sting and Darby winning those belts at the end. Uh, it delivered exactly that. And it was a very enjoyable, and I'm glad this was the main event too. Um, especially so you didn't get any limitations on swerve and hanger earlier. Uh, but sting and Darby only need as much time as you have to close out the show. You're appreciative of every minute of the stinger you get, and you're just glad it happened. You're glad you get to see him get a few more in. Uh, this sting run is reminding me of the Terry Funk ECW run. Okay. Now, at the time, Terry was still a little bit more mobile than Sting is this day and age, but Sting is in his 60s, so you can't really fault him for that. He's still jumping off the entranceway. Like, he's still <laughs> doing know, right? all the crazy shit, and it's awesome. I... And that's why, just as Jamie said, we knew what the finish was going in. Sting can't lose. Sting doesn't need to be redeemed because Sting just gets to be great for these last few weeks. I know. I and we know. get to enjoy cheering for the Stinger for this last little bit of time. Uh, hey, I thought, yeah, the match went as you thought it would go. The post-match, I thought was phenomenal. Uh, it's better than uh, I was expecting, honestly. The only the only one uh, little drawback it had was a thing that AEW unfortunately does way too often. Oh, it just went a little family? too long. Just like, a little. It just it 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 dragged out a little bit at the end. Like they got the True. point across. Um, but yeah, the I like this this vicious heel bucks. Um. Makes me interested in the young bucks in a way I haven't really been outside of just watching their matches, which you are just, enjoyable. You just pulled for those of you who have listened to us frequently. If if you haven't, hello, hey, hit the subscribe button down below. Um, so we're last like two button. weeks, you are not saying nearly that same sort of tone about the young bucks, Austin. Just want to point that out. No, I was saying give it time. Okay. I was saying give it time. <laughs> I am now okay, I am now right. sold on this turn with the bucks. I thought this was. Good pro wrestling TV. We got a good story going. I'm here for it, uh, and I'm 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 in, I'm excited to see this build going into Revolution, and I'm excited for. I'm hoping we get four straight week, three or four straight weeks of them defending those titles on TV, getting to Revolution. Because be why cool. would the EVPs try and make that happen? Make them wrestle every week until they get there. I mean, you have you have Jamie. You got full on dirty dick heel bucks. Yeah. Uh, but before we before I get into that, I did want to call out how great Big Bill was in this match. Oh, yes, dude, that the, boss man slam, that catch of the of yes, the, that's the, the, the that was oh. legit. Like, God, I, I'm a lion tamer, Mark through and through. But that was the move of the night, hands down. <laughs> that was so beautiful. That was the sickest thing. And anytime I get to see anybody like inflict damage onto Darby Allen that he doesn't inflict on himself. I'm I'm great with, even though D Darby is kind of growing on me like a cyst, you know, like it's just one of those things. <laughs> um, but no, dude, I love this match. I thought it was done very, very well. But the end too, like 
I think the imagery was probably the most important thing for me. Uh, Both those white, guys white wearing suits, pure black. white suits, you know, going up against the guys in black too, which I thought was apropos. And then the blood and seeing the blood all over their suits was just, it hit hard. And it was like, I love Matthew and Nicholas, you know, like I thought I liked Matt and Nick, but no, I love Matthew and Nicholas. Like, <laughs> This heel side of them, this visceral heel, is what they needed. I I, I am wholeheartedly behind that they needed to be this way. Heel bucks think, have always been the best bucks, always. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, just just to to hop on your point real quick about Big Bill. Big Bill is hitting that sleeveless cane in the early two thousands run. Where he's just a super reliable giant guy you have that can go with everybody on your roster. Great for him too. Like it's so good to see him like hitting his stride now. Yeah, because he definitely he 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 hit rock bottom there. You know, life kicked him in the nuts pretty solidly. Not just life's fault, but you know. Yeah. Kudos for him for getting back on track, getting rebounded. Right, got his personal life together. You know, uh, he's married now, happily married. He's he's doing the good stuff in AEW, and you know, oh my god, uh, that guy! Like, this is the career we always wanted to have out of him when he was Cass. You know, this is what you always wanted from somebody like that. But man, and guys that size that can actually work in the ring are so hard to come by. Right. That don't just stomp around with their heels on the ground and just do strong shit, right? Like. No, he's out there and he's working got enough. Ass off. He's got enough personality too. He's not just yeah. a big, big, dumb, strong, big guy, right? He's got enough personality too, so even better. And I like that with him and Starks. Like they're playing <laughs> it like they're actual partners, and it's not the classic. The small mouthy guy is kind of being an asshole to the big guy. He's too stupid to realize it. Yeah. No, they just seem like a team. You mean you mean Shawn Michaels, Diesel? <laughs> <laughs> MJF and Wardlow. Enzo and Cash. I mean, you know, everything. (laughs) Every time. He he wasn't soft. Um, Yeah, so overall, overall, gents, I thought, again, hell of a show. Easily hanger and swerve match of the night, like, without hesitation. Early match of the year candidate. Like, I, I believe in my heart of hearts, that there are going to be three or four matches coming up, maybe even this triple threat and my suspected main event of all in that are going to trump it. It's going to be a good year for pro wrestling. Outside of the the unfortunate shit that has happened so far. (laughs) Not counting that. In ring-wise, it'll be a good year for pro wrestling. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, We're we're, we're going to stay away from that. I don't want to talk anymore about it. Uh, we're not going to talk more about that. But I do want to speak about some stuff. Speaking of in-ring stuff here, let's shift gears here. Let's talk about a little Fed because it is the road to WrestleMania. Oh, you got one. He's got a sign to point to. We, we just pointing a ran- to point to. I'm pointing at a random sticker or, or, or a tiger's helmet over here. So I, I actually bought a sign, but the, the, the thread I used was way too light for it. And it <laughs> like snapped it. So gonna, I got to hang gonna, this one on this wall behind me so I can actually like point to it. That's what I'm doing. I'm going to put it right. I had it right here and it just fell. 
today <laughs> while I was working. I'm like, oh, we can do some arts well, and crafts. I got I got a collage back here, so I got to figure something out. I mean, I do have a sign up here. I have a Journey Pro sign. That kind of counts. You could point at Maki Ito. I would like to point at Maki Ito, and I'm going to when we see her front row at GCW here in a few weeks. That's right. March for uh, Oh, it's going to be so good. Um, but no, Road to WrestleMania is going on. Sign pointing season, ladies and gentlemen. And controversy or no so the we want cody movement is firing on all cylinders what is your guys take on this because there's two decisively strong schools of thought here there's the one school of thought is this is a work this is all part of the plan right that you know, whether it's two nights of Roman, uh, Roman Reigns doing, you know, main events at Mania, one versus The Rock, one versus Cody, it doesn't matter. It's still the plan. It's, it's, it's like, you know, it's not this. And then there's the other side of the coin that this is The Rock because he's now on the TKO board inserting himself and saying, F you to whoever wants to hear, I'm taking this spot. Cody can figure it out later down the road. What do you think is the actual path? And do you give a shit? You can start with the second, go second. first. Okay. You can start with the second okay. question if you want. Okay. I'm gonna let Jamie go first. So I know, I know. I say everything's at work. And my initial was Ooh. this is not a work, but they they've turned it into a work. And Meltzer's try like they've already like poisoned Meltzer <laughs> and is like Oh, it's a work the whole time. It's like, I don't believe that one. Shovel this for us, Dave. Go. So, like, initial reports were that this was a part of the deal in order to get The Rock a part of the board of directors. That was the initial piece. Then the entire backlash and hell, his even The Rock's daughter was getting death threats and had to delete her. her Which uh, is stop. Stop. It. Yeah, that's just stop that shit. Unacceptable and stupid. But. That happened, and then Monday you had Drew McIntyre with one of the best T-shirts I've ever seen, um, <laughs> just burying CM Punk on national television again, which was beautiful. Uh, but you had that with um, Seth Rollins. Like, you, you, you have to let Cody finish his story. And... The fans are definitely saying that. I am in that camp. I think it was a dumb move because you knew everybody and their mother was going to be after them on this. WrestleMania, if they make it a triple threat, they're still doing Cody a disservice. It needs to be one-on-one. I I watched all of Monday Night Raw. All of it. It was actually pretty good. But... If they F over Cody, like, it's Vince all over again. Yeah, so here's what actually happened. And I'm going to (laughs) say this with, like, a 99% degree of certainty because I've seen him do this shit before. I think they knew as soon as The Rock signed on that they had him for Mania. Like, if you're bringing him as the board of the company, he's going to wrestle a match at Mania because that makes the most sense for business. They knew that before the Royal Rumble. And they went in the Royal Rumble and they started thinking, 
how are we going to have Cody not finish the story? Because rumors came out before the Rumble that Cody was not finishing the story. Yep. Uh, you go into the Rumble, and they someone back there is like, I got a bright idea. We're going to have Cody win the Rumble, but then Seth's going to convince him to challenge for his title instead. And because we think everyone that watches our product is a five-year-old, they're not going to really notice or care. <laughs> they're just going to be real excited. The rocks back and working the match. Um, and then they had Cody walk out, even though after he won the rumble, he literally pointed at Roman and Seth just telling him, well, my title is more important. This one actually gets defended as if the other title wouldn't continue to get defended. If Cody were to win it from Roman in the first place, <laughs> Now right. you're making your top babyface company guy, Cody, take the coward's way out by challenging the dude he's already beaten three times. He is 3-0 and against Seth Rollins. Like, that's that's basically a layup to get a title instead of going the hard route to beat the guy that beat you last year. But no, they put that segment together just assuming, oh, everyone's going to be happy The Rock's back and challenging Roman Reigns. It won't matter. And it did. And when I say they've done this before... I always think back to the time leading into the Hell in the Cell match with Seth Rollins and the Fiends. They put a literal poll online. How do you think this will end? And one of the options was a DQ. And there was an eternity of replies underneath that said, please do not make a disqualification. That's fucking stupid. And Vince McMahon looked at him and said, bet. And that <laughs> Hell in the Cell match ended in a DQ. Uh this is the entire crowd wanting Daniel Bryan to go to Mania and not even putting him in the Rumble because you wanted to do Batista and Orton in the match until you had to pivot last second because you realize you fucked up. Rusev uh, Day. Rusev Day. Like, they do this all the time. This isn't some clever work to get people more behind Cody. This is taking the wind out of Cody's sails. Uh, he gave up his shot at Roman. Now, granted, they've, they've already retconned it. They start saying, like, it's not nothing's official yet and stuff like that because they're starting to realize they need to switch it up, which they should have done from the beginning. Rock doesn't need to wrestle Roman Reigns at Mania. Rock can wrestle anyone at Mania, and you'll be happy you saw Rock go out there, hit the rock bottom, the people's elbow, call it a day. Uh, all of this to be said, they could have avoid avoided this entire situation if they just would have put Cody over last year like they absolutely should have done. Now they're giving us an even less satisfying conclusion that we waited another year for this. When people say Tony Khan fumbled the bag with CM Punk, this is fumbling the bag. You're in the middle of one of the highest peaks you've had in your business in quite some time. And you're like, how do we screw this up? And they started off in a, on a good foot trying <laughs> to tear this down in, in yeah. classic fashion. At the end of the day, and I know that he's not there anymore. And thank God the devil is gone. But even though a lot of his henchmen might not be writing this stuff, everybody there's learned from him. Okay, <laughs> this is the way it works. And for a for a company that is generally regarded as the long term storytelling of the of of wrestling companies, Austin hit the nail on the head. They fucked this up more times than we can even count. Right? I, I think. I think I've I've heard the rumor that they're going to 
he he can win the title from Seth and then eventually challenge and unify all the titles. That's that's the finishing of the story. And I'm like, you're just trying to patch a boat after you already put it in the water. Okay, it's too late. But also, if they if they go that route and Cody's going to unify the titles at SummerSlam, the title he would be winning from Seth at Mania is less than a year old. Why are you putting them back together? Why did you split them in the first know. place? Don't. Uh, that is also not when they talk about finishing the story. That was very deliberate in the build up to last year's Mania, right? And yeah. they did the like it wasn't about some ambiguous ending to a story like oh well it's not exactly no it was go win the title your dad never did at the biggest wrestling show there is like subjectively speaking business wise whatever uh yeah that was the story and when they didn't give you that and they said well it's not over and we realized we had to wait another year and then Cody wins the rumble and points to Roman what said, else are we mouths to, to him think? I choose you. <laughs> yeah, this is this is like the pro wrestling equivalent equivalent of watching season eight of Game of Thrones and being like, "What? <laughs> Perfect. How did I can't? I, I can't how I did can't we go. get here? Like hold, hold this? Yeah. No, hold I think I think or, we can go past is, that. That's or is perfect. it the equivalent of turning on a certain movie and seeing trees walking? Like, how did we get to this point? You know. This is much worse than watching the trees walk. I would uh, agree. I would agree. This, like by the time you get to trees walking in Lord of the Rings, you've already seen a Balrog emerge from the depths. Anything can happen at this point. Uh, this is just this is just dumb. Like I think they're going to pivot. Hopefully they pivot, and we get Cody versus Roman with Rock as a special referee at Mania, and they can jump right back on track. Um. But this is not good as it stands, for sure. This doesn't make me excited about the build to WrestleMania. I personally love the thought, and it won't happen. Head of the table match night one. Rock versus uh, Roman. Roman versus Cody night two. Zero chance of that happening. I love that thought. Yeah. That's the way they can salvage it. What they'll probably end up doing because nothing that company does ever really makes sense <laughs> is have Cody beat Seth on night one and then Roman lose the title to the rock on night one and have Roman challenge Cody night two for the other title. <laughs> there you and go. then they give him his consolation win. That doesn't mean anything because nothing means anything in the WWE. It's, it's an, an unfortunate circumstance of Thanks, what they are. They are a TV show. They just have to produce content every week. They expect their audience to have the memory of a goldfish. They're not worried about keeping fans. They're just trying to get people, new people to tune in. So everything's got to be the first time ever or the biggest thing ever. It's There's no standing on the history that came before. It's just yelling at your crowd that these things are <laughs> important without ever making them important. But we want them to be important. Well, uh, there's going to be some good yeah. stuff going on there anyway. I do like that they did, and they didn't waste time getting to it. They did the whole Bailey, you know, break from con damage control, right? So she's challenging EO. We all knew that's going to happen. So I think that's fantastic. They're going down that route. And a bunch of other good stuff. It's, WrestleMania is still going to be good. 
I guarantee it, right? Last couple of WrestleManias have been good. Last year's was excellent, I felt. Um, you know, um, Heather did make mention of that. Her, <laughs> I love this thought. I don't think it's true at all, but I love it. She said, uh, my take is it is bad booking on purpose to distract from the other crap going on. And, you know, you can never fully rule that out, okay? And what's up, Charles? I, hello from now. Hello down there. In Nassau. Yeah, hello from Nassau. Coming back. Oh yeah, hell yeah! In paradise, some bitch. I don't well, think hey, Heather's I'm off be base. Going to Nassau actually in, oh, in August. Nice. For, yeah, for my daughter's senior trip, we might be taking her on a cruise. So, Ooh, um, yeah. to go to Nassau. So I'm I'm looking forward to it. We're gonna swim some, with some dolphins, maybe, and some stingrays. Like I'm not gonna Steve Irwin it, but you know, I'm just. <laughs> Okay. But yeah, I I don't think they intentionally booked this poorly to distract. I think oh, they yeah. booked it poorly because they often do. That's um, but I think once people started talking on social media, they definitely leaned into it because like, hey, at least they aren't tweeting tweet about Vince now. Well, we got we got a few weeks that we'll 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 see it. Um, uh, before that we do have a uh, revolution. So, um, the car starting to come together right now. We got the main events, uh, uh the main title pictures set up three way yep. for the men's title, uh, Joe Swerve hanger and timeless and Deanna is now official for the women's title. Um, and that's it. Oh, you you can you can well, write in there Sting and Darby versus the Young Bucks. That's yeah, you pencil okay. put that. You can probably put that in ink at this. But you can put that in ink. That's going to be there. So uh, cars starting to come together. So um, thank you. We appreciate you too, Charles. But uh, we appreciate all of you. As a matter of fact, uh, so thank you, thank you everybody for watching. Thank you for listening. Do like our friend Charles did. If you haven't already, smash the like button. Um, and we're here every Wednesday, like we said. Um, you know, please come back and join us same week. Same bad time, same bad channel next week. Uh, keep an eye out because we do have some stuff coming up here. Um, so if you want to know when we do go live, you get the little notification bell. Um, if you guys are just listening to us on replay, uh, hello. Hello. We do have a YouTube. You can watch us live every Wednesday after Dynamite. Uh, but we appreciate you guys sincerely. So we will see you next week. Jamie, take us home, man. All right, ladies and gentlemen, if you're out down to Spot Fest, I got – one word for you. Oh, we're not gonna do the champ is here because I'm right here. I mean, I could I could do it for you. Chiefs. <laughs> All right, guys. We'll see you next week. Peace. Later.